everybody. Welcome to Last Word on Hockey, Season 1, Episode 14. I'm joined by Emily Kaplan of ESPN. We're going to be breaking down the Stanley Cup final, all the news from the bubble, which she posted a great article today. Go check it out. You guys got to read it. Her and Greg Wazinski did a great job on that with life in the bubble. But first off, I just want to thank Emily for coming on today and taking time out of her busy schedule to come on and, and talk hockey with us. I am super excited to do it. So it's my pleasure. Yes. Uh, so you've been in Edmonton now for about what a little over two weeks. Uh, what was it like going uh, to the Stanley Cup final, the two games that you were there in an empty building? Yeah, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Um, everyone told me it was going to be very cold. You don't realize how much the body heat of fans really warms the arena, as creepy as that sounds, um, and quiet. The thing that was interesting is I was been watching the games at home, and the synthetic crowd noise and that ambient crowd noise felt really natural, right? Because it's a five-second delay. Um, but at the arena, they also have the ambient crowd noise, but it's a little off. Um, just because it's happening in real time. So like a guy would just make a pass or a nice shot and then it would be like, oh, like one second later. And that was a bit of an adjustment for me. And I know talking to a lot of the guys, it was an adjustment for them too. That's cool. I mean, yeah, it's been weird watching the games on TV with no fans, but you really don't really notice it because they don't pan out to the crowd as much as they do in other sports. But I do agree that ambient crowd noise was really helpful. Um, what did you like about Tampa's game last night? I know they came back tied the series. Um, we got it 1-1 now going to game three tomorrow night. But what did you like about their game and rebounding after that game one loss where they didn't look too good? Yeah, um, I like the way they started. Um, I really like the way that Nikita Kucherov rebounded. He had like a crazy first 10 minutes, was getting thrown around like crazy, um, seemed to have two picked passes, and then all of a sudden elevated this game. Um, but really the thing that impressed me the most was the fact they got the power play going. That was a storyline we were all kind of fixated on. They were on this 0 for 14 stretch and it looked like they made some minor adjustments. Um, you know, I have a story coming up tomorrow uh, with Christopher Stieg and we were just talking about what they did. He said they hadn't been going low for like a month. They just like were not going low at all. And finally you saw them bring the puck low, kind of try to jam it to net and that created opportunities for their players. So um, that's what I probably, my biggest takeaway was the fact that their mojo is going on the power play. And maybe that softens a little bit of the hype around Steven Stamkos coming back because, um, you know, that's where everyone thinks Stammer can make the biggest impact right now. Yeah, I know. I know John Cooper's keeping that one close to the vest. I know you guys have been trying to um, uh, keep up with him on the Steven Stamkos front and yeah, junk calls coming in all day. Sorry, guys. But um, has Cooper really expressed anything about Stamkos coming back in the series at all? You know, I don't really know. Um, before the series began, we got the GM, Julian Brisbois, saying he was hopeful that Stamkos would still return this playoffs. And that, to me, was the most optimistic thing we've heard yet. You know, he's in the bubble. He's remained with the team. He's now back on the ice. Um you know, the one thing I did ask Cooper yesterday, the days are all a blur now, um, but what, who's going to make the final decision on Stamkos? Um, and he said, right now it's down to a couple people, including the training staff and Stamkos himself. So um, it, it's, it's tough to see, you know, the buzz here is that we will see him at some point. Um, you know, I think the situation of the series probably uh, will factor into their decision, whether the lightning are up big, down big, it's a game seven situation. Um, but we're going to have to borrow John Cooper's favorite term, which is you'll have to tune in to find out. Yeah, Love it's a game time decision. It's a game time decision, as they always say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so 
it's just weird to see this, like the Stanley Cup final. The one thing I really liked, like watching it on TV, was the fact that they brought the cup out like right before game one. That gave it like that extra flair. It's like, okay, they're really playing for it. They really got here now. We're really here. I don't know. What did you, were you guys able to see it in the building, like come out? And uh, what did, were your thoughts about that? Because I was really excited when I saw that. Yeah, I mean, it was like right at ice level for me. So it was wild just seeing it, um, you know, with the game action going on. And it almost is a character in this game. Um, I like to say with the lording over everybody um, on this perch. They actually didn't have it up there for the second and third period or game two. So that might have just been like a little special thing for game one. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I do think that there's a lot of game presentation elements um, that are super well thought out. And, and, you know, the NHL knows how to put on a good show. Um, and it really has been a great TV product. Oh, it really has. I agree. Um, switching to life in the bubble. I know you've been there for a little bit. You've been stuck in, I guess you were stuck in your hotel for about 14 days. You couldn't go anywhere. I saw you posted, ah, freedom, finally get to walk outside and go around. Um, interesting that life in the bubble for the NHL players, quite different than what we're seeing down in Florida with the NBA players. Can you just elaborate a little bit more if people haven't had a chance to read the article yet today? Yeah, you know, I think the NBA bubble was smart in a lot of ways by going to Disney World just because um, there's a lot of amenities there. There's things to do. Um, the NHL decided to go to Canada, which let's face it, is probably a smarter decision than going to Florida considering the low incident rate here. Um, but because they were in two major cities, their bubbles really didn't feature um, much of anything for players to do besides go to the rink and go to sleep, um, especially here in the Edmonton bubble where the nicer hotel, which is where all the teams are staying now, um, is connected via a tunnel to the arena. So guys can go multiple days without seeing the sun. Um, so, you know, I, and I think it's just Overall, 2020 hasn't been easy on anyone. It's stressful time. It's isolating. Um, it's a really, really uncertain time. And these players aren't immune to that. And the fact they haven't had their support systems with them, uh, the family members for a large part are not here. Um, and, you know, they kind of felt like they were built something and got here and it's something else. But they all appreciate the opportunity to win the Stanley Cup. But they're essentially playing for free this summer, if you think about the financials of it. So it's it's really, it's an interesting dynamic for them. Yeah, I don't see it. and. Probably you probably heard the same thing. Players don't want it for the regular season next year, right? Um, yeah, I think especially for the entire um, regular season, that's definitely a non-starter. Some guys were saying that they would consider it for a playoffs if that was the only way to do it, but there would be some huge pushback from players, and they would demand you know a lot of different things in writing. I think the number one thing they would want to figure out is a way to get their families there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think you see not having the families there is really, you know, hurting some of the, maybe their mindsets. Obviously, we saw with Tuka, he's leaving the bubble, you know, family reasons, you know, you can't fault anybody for that. Um, could you see like the NHL starting in a bubble and then like going to with fans, like with fans coming back, hopefully in 2021, 2020 season, whenever that starts? Yeah, you know, I don't think the NHL exactly knows. I think they're starting to look at some models of what would work, but they're going to take the same approach they took with this, which is wait as long as possible, be patient, and then make plans. So they're just trying to get this tournament going. I do think there will be some kind of progressive um, layout. So whether it's playing in empty arenas and maybe partially done arenas and full arenas, um, or whether it's some kind of hybrid bubble at first and then a non-bubble situation, but this is something I don't think we're going to get answers to for at least another month or two months. 
Yeah, yeah, it's going to be crazy. You know, it's just the fact that they got here. I mean, I've been, you know, applauding the NHL along the way. I mean, people are critical of them, especially with the lockouts. But you have to agree, they did an excellent job getting this uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, qualifying tournament, whatever you want to call it, uh, off the ground. And we're almost to the finish line. No, absolutely. And I think the one thing that players will all say is they felt super safe throughout all this. And that is the bottom line. You were bringing guys from all over the world, essentially, all together um, in a really um, crazy environment of the pandemic going on as the backdrop and the fact that they've had zero confirmed positive tests in this, out, this whole thing. Um, a huge testament to the league there. Absolutely. 100%. And I know, you know, no one really knows when next season is going to start. We all, we're all like, okay, when's next season going to start? But we haven't got through this one yet. But the big thing coming up a couple of weeks, the draft and then free agency, that's got to be, that's wild that we're here. What do you, th- what do, you do you see anything, any crazy movement going on on, on October 9th? I was about to say July 1st. So, <laughs> so used to saying July 1st, but uh, October 9th, do you see anything crazy going on? Maybe some trades, you know, maybe big free agents going places or will things just be like, guys are just going to be like, all right, got to, see you know what the waters look like because of uh, a flat cap yeah um i think the flat cap is going to affect free agents in this way like the top guys are still going to get paid um and the lower end guys are still going to have jobs but it's really going to affect the middle class and you're not going to see the three or four million dollar deals um as for trades i do expect to see some i think you know the salary cap um not being what it expected is going to force a lot of teams financial situations um a lot of teams owners are hurting through this and maybe they have different internal caps uh, that are different than the external cap uh, and then the last thing is we're one year away from seattle expansion draft and gyms are starting to make moves um being cognizant of that so they don't give up a player like a shay theodore or an alex tuck or all those guys that uh, have been doing so great for vegas so all of those factors considered i think it will be busy um but just different yeah de- yeah i agree with that definitely different and speaking of seattle i know they're a year away from that do you think GMs are going to smarten up and not be like willing to give away players and trades like they did with Vegas? I know like, you know, Vegas comes in, they just go to the final. Do you think Seattle have like, like a similar team build up and then they'll get all the way? Or do you think they'll actually be an expansion team? Like we saw with like when Nashville came in or Minnesota or Columbus, are they going to have to go through their struggles first? I think it's going to be somewhere in between. Um, I think expecting a Stanley Cup final in the first year is just a real unrealistic bar that uh, Vegas set. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of different factors to that. GMs hadn't gone through the expansion process. They overthought it a ton. They won't overthink it as much, but the rules are still pretty favorable for them to get a competitive team. And, um, you know, they've put a lot of resources, whether it's from their scouting staff already, they already have a GM pretty early. Um, They're going to do it the right way. And I expect them to be competitive early, um, but Vegas success is going to be hard to come by. Yeah. Vegas was, they, that was a shocker to everybody. I know even myself, I was like, ah, yeah, they'll be competitive. They'll they'll compete for a playoff spot. Yeah. They go to Stanley Cup final. Okay, that's the NHL and NHL in 2020 is thank God we have it because a lot of sports didn't come back some sports waiting, you know, everything is moving but you know, it'll be interesting to see because what do you what are your expectations going into the draft for you know the the bottom end teams like you know, we don't, we haven't seen them really play since March, do you think like after they have their, you know, go through the draft, do you think the NHL will allow them to like set up a mini tournament between themselves just to get play going before who knows when January, February? 
it's possible that's something that's been bandied about. Um, I think that they're not as far along in the planning process that that's something we're going to see soon. But one trend I do see is a lot of teams loaning out some of their players um, to European teams. And it's usually guys that are more on the fringe or not, you know, the known name veterans. But um, a lot of guys are going over to Europe just for the opportunity to play because they are going and playing right now. And um, it's going to be really hard for a lot of teams, like you said, to go 10, 11 months without playing any hockey. All right. So speaking of loaning players, a um, couple of, couple of guys and I were debating, you know, obviously local market, everybody sees the New Jersey devil banners in the background here. Would you think it would be like a good idea for a guy like Jack Hughes or Kako Kako to go back over to Europe and like just get some games in before next season? That's a great question. Um, you know, Kako is an interesting one because so much about him this year was him um, transitioning to the North American game. And, you know, I have, this is just me spitballing right now. I haven't talked to any scouts about it, but it might be counterproductive for him to go back to a European rink. Um, that said, a guy of that age should just be getting reps. Um, same with Jack Hughes. I, I just worry a little bit about the injury risk um, with a guy that coveted and high, um, you know, profile, especially teams are just so proprietary. Now they want their coaching staff on them. So, I think as of now, it's unrealistic for both of those players to go overseas. Um, but I'm saying this in a hotel room in Edmonton covering a Stanley Cup final in a bubble. So uh, crazy things could happen, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know a lot of coaches, you know, that obviously growing up playing, they always say get the most reps as possible, especially if you're a young player. I mean, I guess it wouldn't hurt them. But again, like you said, injuries, that's the biggest risk. And I guess that great transition to, you know, the big part that came out of the CBA return to play process was the Olympics and NHLers are going back and it's going to be interesting to see like what, who goes, how they do it, because, you know, the schedule is still going to be kind of messed up by the time they get to that season. Right. Yeah. It's going to be hard. I think they want as much normalcy as they can that season because it is also the year that we're bringing Seattle in and get a new TV deal here in the U S um, but yeah, it's, you know, as great as it is, and I'm super pumped that NHL players are going back to the Olympics. It's going to be a little unfortunate just to have to pause the season right when it begins again. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've seen ideas thrown around. I just want to, you know, obviously spitballing you're there in Edmonton in a hotel, but could you see like the players and, and the owners negotiate something where they play like a, a shortened season and then maybe have like another qualifying round next year, just to get everything back on track for the following year since there is the olympics in 2021 in the summer olympics in 2021 which could hinder with tv and people watching yeah no i think that's a great question and i definitely think it's something the league is thinking about um you know like people have been asking all the time my predictions and like at this point i wouldn't be surprised if next season was just one big expanded stanley cup tournament like i don't think it's going to come to that um but it's possible yeah, why not? I mean, strange. we're in strange times right now, and no one really knows when this, this is going to go away, when people are going to come back. But do you think, like, with, like, everything with that flat cap and whenever fans get in, do you see this, like, they, they said three to five years. Do you see it more on the five-year uh, term line with this flat cap because they uh, potentially could raise it? But if there are no fans in the building, the NHL's big gate revenue, so that could really affect them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
the gate revenue is a huge thing. Um, it's definitely more driven by seats. Um, their revenue is than more the other professional sports leagues in the U.S. Um, and really the other sports leagues in the U.S. are TV leagues. Um, that's where they get a bulk of their money. And so it'll be interesting to do to see what type of TV deal uh, the NHL gets in this new round. Um, you know, maybe they get a little more cash flow that way. Do you now with the next TV deal, do you see um, ESPN trying to bid to get hockey back full time like they did prior to the first lockout? Or do you see like multiple networks having games and maybe some streaming adding, adding involved to get more eyes on the product? Yeah, great question. Um, I do believe that this round, the NHL is going to look to piecemeal their deal a little bit. Um, they realize that having only one exclusive partner um, just limits them. And that does not a knock on NBC. It's just, no. um, you know, their bandwidth. So I do believe there will be, you know, I do think NBC probably will still be in the game. And I, I think there'll be one or two other partners and I'm hopeful ESPN is one of them. Um, and we get some portion of the deal. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I have ESPN plus, which is awesome. The fact that I get like out of network games, um, when I'm on the road or in, in, you know, in New Jersey, Vermont, wherever, it's awesome. Plus the great content by Linda Cohen um, in the crease is awesome. And then all you guys writing, it's really the best six bucks. I tell everybody the best six bucks I spend a month because the and content they have the I new, get. Have you watched the new Gretzky show? I have really it's good. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so good. Um, they really figured out like, you know, this is the way to go. I understand like, you know, it's mostly simulcast, which, which is what I, you know, would watch during college anyway. So it didn't really matter to me, but I think ESPN plus has done a really good job and ESPN with, you know, yourself and Greg, the content has been unbelievable this season and throughout the last few years, because you guys are just on top of everything. Well, thank you for saying that. We really appreciate just want people to give us a chance. So thanks for giving us a chance. Absolutely. Um, just got to ask you before, you know, wrap up everything. What's life been like in the bubble for you? And what was quarantine life for you like before, you know, you got out and started covering hockey again? Um, so for quarantine, I like to say I've been preparing for this the last six months. So I think I did it great. Um, I ended up getting an Airbnb, which had a backyard and a kitchen. So it really wasn't that bad um, to spend 14 days there as opposed to a hotel room. Um, but yeah, now I'm bubble adjacent. So I get to go to the games, but um, I also get to wander around the city. And honestly, I think one of the things that people don't realize at home is like, this is a hockey mad city, right? Like it's Edmonton. They love the Oilers. They love the NHL. And it's so weird that the biggest tournament in this sport is happening right under their nose. And like, you would have no idea crossing the street. Everything just feels so normal here. So that's the vibe I get downtown. That's wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm surprised people aren't itching to get in that building as we saw. I mean, I don't know if you saw the story in Boston, some guy like climbed into Fenway Park and was watching the Yankee game and the Red Sox. I guess he was throwing hats on the field or whatever, but it was like, wow, people are really itching to get into some to watch some games. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. It, it's weird. Yeah, but there's no autograph seekers or anything like that. Wow, that's so strange for a place in Canada. I mean, I've been to so many spots and they're so like die hard about the autographs and everything. But I wonder, you know, if that changes going forward, considering what we know about COVID, how it changes, like, I wonder what people do going forward. And speaking like going forward for you guys, like media, do you think like, you know, with the Zoom calls and everything, do you think this is the new norm for you guys? I hate to use that expression, but do you see that as your like, 
going forward, that's what your guys are going to be doing, like just Zoom calls and don't have access to the players anymore? Um, in the short term, yes, I, I do think this is something we have to adjust to. But the NHL has gone on the record and told us multiple times that when things are normal, we'll restore normal access. So I'm hopeful they'll keep to their word. Awesome. That's great. That's great to hear. That's great for fans who love the coverage, who want to read stories and just want wall-to-wall hockey access all the time because, you know, everything's 12-month sport now. Football, hockey, baseball, whatever whatever you follow, but uh, this is what we do here. We talk hockey. We had Emily Kaplan on of ESPN. We thank you again for your time. This has been a last word on hockey season one, episode 14. Emily, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Bye everybody.